Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. And we are back. Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. My name is Abby, and I'm here with Mike Bell in our Pasadena studio for the next hour. Uh, Mike is a licensed California real estate broker at Keller Williams International in Pasadena. And we're also here with Daniel Estrada. Hey, we got Daniel mic'd up after all of these shows. We, <laughs> I didn't know you wanted to be on the show, Daniel. Say hello. Hey. <laughs> you're so shy. you got to get used to it. You talk all the time. You talk so much. And don't that's be all shy. you're going to say is, hey. Uh, I don't talk as much as you do, Mike. Oh. Don't be shy, Daniel. So yes. Daniel is a licensed real estate agent, and he has been for, I don't know, three years. You've been working uh, with about me? About two years. You've been working with me for I've been working the whole time. Th- yeah. And you learned all my bad habits. I did, and I'm, I've improved upon them. <laughs> you've helped me out. And uh, you've learned, a f- uh, hopefully you learned a few good habits. Yeah, I did. And you went to school for with for sound engineering a little bit, so you've been my oh, sound engineer for the last about that for, few. That was a long time ago. For a while. Well, you do you do a nice job now. Now you're mic'd up, so yeah. yay! Welcome. He could be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm can the we client. Turn, can we turn him off? Uh, in case we're gonna have to mute him every so often. <laughs> I have control of the board. Uh oh. Well, uh, so I, like I said, I'm Abby. I'm the client care director for the Michael Bell sales team. Uh, Mike is one of the top residential agents in the nation, and he's been selling for about 20 years. You know, at the Christmas party, Mike mm-hmm. earned the number one sales and number one listings in San Gabriel Valley. He outsold the second place agent two to one. Yay. Well, Yay. after San Gabriel, uh, for uh, Keller Williams. Keller Williams, yes. Yeah. And uh, so here we are with segment six on the topic the best questions to ask your agent. Do you think we're ever going to get through these questions? Well, if you Run. just stop talking, please, so we don't get off track. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Go hold ahead. on. So this is a call-in show, so we can be reached at 888-GO-FOR-IT. Uh, that's 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Um, you can reach them by email at mikebell at kw.com. Uh, the website is michaelbellteam.com, and personal cell phone is 888-401-1555. And you can also find them easily on the web. Oh, can I talk now? Maybe. Yes. Go. No, oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So our last question in segment five yeah. uh, was, do you know how a licensed appraiser will look at the market data? So I get this question a lot. Um some people think I'm an appraiser. I can, but I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. a licensed appraiser. Yeah. And there are some agents out there that say they'll do an appraisal for you. It's not really the right terminology. They have to be careful. Every state is different. And I'll tell you one thing: in California, I think you have to be very careful. You can't really call yourself an appraiser unless you have an appraisal license. You have to go through uh, college courses. You have to go through um, a, a ton of stuff. Exams. Just kind of like exams, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a license. It's a license. Uh, that you have to uh, go through the state of California um, to get. Yeah. So we're, we're actually going to do an entire show on appraisals, but uh, what I want to do is I want to cover the importance. Um, first of all, I, I do get a lot of people asking if I could do an appraisal form, and I know what they're asking. They're really asking if I can do a valuation. Evaluation Got it. Okay. And run comps and all that other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's uh, residential appraisals and a residential appraisers. 
there's also commercial appraisers. There's also appraisers that just specialize in land, office towers, research and development facilities. They specialize in toxic waste dumps. I didn't realize there were so many. There's a lot of different specialties. Wow. So on a residential appraisal, Mm -hmm. they charge about $350. That's kind of the going rate, at least here in California. It might be a little bit cheaper, not much cheaper. Okay. And then basically if you have two units or more, uh, it's about 500 bucks, and it starts going up. Uh, we have a triplex appraisals going on right now. We, we're we not doing the appraisal, uh, but they, my clients hired an appraiser for it, and it's, they're charging $750 because Whoa. the appraiser has to go into all three units. Each unit, yeah. All three. It's a little bit of – it's 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 not the easiest thing in the world because you have to make appointments with the tenants, and you have to give them notice, and then you get inside yeah. and take pictures, and it's a little bit – and then they also have to do a rent survey, and it's not as easy as a regular residential appraisal, which you can just get into one house, yeah. and it's really relatively easy. And the way they do the valuation or the appraisal or the you know the way they pull the comps on a single-family residence, they mm-hmm. use comparable sales. When you start getting to multiple units, they start looking at the income. That's called the income approach. Oh. The income that is generated by that piece of property is usually derived by the, uh, I'm sorry, the valuation is derived by the income that it produces. Okay. Generally, generally. But although, also, they will look at the sales comparison approach, which is sales comps mm-hmm. for like regular houses. And then you could have a big office building. I, I used to work for CB Commercial years ago, 18, 19 years ago. And we were doing uh, mortgage backed conduit securitiz- securitization loans on big facilities on the West Coast, and those appraisals were costing $10,000. And it would take the appraiser almost three weeks to do it, and it's a full-time job. Oh, my God. We're talking God. about, you know, it, it's it's really hard to put all of that information together. And there's standards. Mm-hmm. There's a standard to do a residential appraisal, which we'll talk about. There's okay. standards for units, commercial property. There's standards for uh, vacant land, all that stuff. Now, the standards are usually adopt- put together by, like, say, for Fannie Mae. Most mortgages in the United States now, maybe not in the future, if Fannie Mae falls apart or if they, you know, pull it apart, which they're talking about, Congress is talking about. Uh-huh. But even in the past, there's uh, Fannie Mae has a specific way that they want their appraisals done. And generally, what they want to do, they want to see six sales comps. Wow. Generally, within about a half mile radius, generally within about six months back. Wow. Okay. If they can get three months back, great. If they can do a quarter mile radius, great. And generally, what you'll, if you talk to an appraiser, what they, they like to do is they like to bracket their numbers. The idea is that on a, they're looking at square footage, they're looking at, um, uh, lot size. They're looking at a lot of different things. So what they want to do is they want to put everything in within this bracket. Okay. Uh, these parameters yeah. that are set. These appraisal standards that are set. Because at the end of the day, that appraisal has to stand up in case you know the bank wants to know what the house is worth. worth. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be some kind of standard. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. And appraisers, it, maybe in the past, this is you, people have read about this, but Maybe you could influence the appraiser and ask them to go in high or go in low or whatever like that, whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there may have been a bit, a little bit of that, but there's, I don't really see that anymore at all because appraisers, if they have a certain amount of uh, appraisals that they do on properties that go bad, which means they go into foreclosure or they're, uh, something like that, the appraiser gets dinged. And after a certain a number of dings, you get, you know, they get dropped from approved lists from banks. And the banks won't work with you. What? And if you're an appraiser and this is your livelihood, and all of a sudden you can't do appraisals on the majority of the houses in your area. Yeah. Well. You're out of a job. Yeah, you're out of a job. You go sell real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's appraisal. All right, what's your next question? All right, next one. How many foreclosures or short sale transactions have you handled? Oh, actually, I want to go back to the appraisal. Okay. <laughs> These are the best questions to ask your real estate agent. Yes. And so the idea is, why would you ask your real estate agent this? The reason why it's really important that your real estate agent understands this is that if you're going to sell your house or if your real estate agent is going to represent you to buy a house, they should understand the process. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't go into this blindly. Oh, yeah. So they should understand what the appraiser is going to be looking for, what they're going to need to know, all of these things. And, you know, the, we help the appraisers. When the appraisers show up to our properties, mm-hmm. we hand them, uh, we'll hand them the title data because I want them to know that there's no weird liens or there's no weird easements or there's nothing weird going on with the property, or right. if it is going, if something is going wrong, they need to know. Right. So, you know, that's that, that's the importance because you, your your agent shouldn't be going into this transaction with you blind and not understanding that process. So Makes that's sense. the that's the basic process. So, okay. anyways, the second question you had was how many foreclosures or short, short sale transactions have you handled? Yep. We always have a short sale or foreclosure transaction. And I have at least four. I don't even know how many years, at least 10 years. <laughs> I mean, we have on short sales, we have, I'm looking at the board, we have, well, the short sales are really dying out, but we have two short sales right now. Okay. Going on. And, you know, the thing about this, I think it's, it's a very fair question to ask your real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's a part of our market, even though the amount of foreclosures and short sales is declining, and maybe it'll eventually get to a zero, but you know what, it's going to come back. The market, well, real estate goes up yeah. and real estate goes down. Okay. It doesn't just keep going up. Right. It went up way too fast on the last last segment that we had yeah. and then it really crashed. But it's going up now and it's it's it can't just keep going up. It's, okay. It, there's just, it's an unfortunate piece of our business that it, the reality is that it's, it's going to come down. Okay. Uh, softly, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Hopefully. But... The thing is, is that I think it's important that your real estate agent has been through this so they understand. Because, you know, real estate is really a long-term relationship with your property and I think with your real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people own real estate for a long time. Right. So I think it's important that whoever you're working with, if you have a relationship, that they've been through the tough times and they've been through the, the good times and whatever that looks like. I mean, it's... Good times, there could be good times for buyers, but at the same time, it's bad times for sellers. Right. So it doesn't matter, but it's, it's important that I think that your agent has gone through all these different, at least one of these cycles. Yeah. And the, the big thing is so that the, at least they can understand, they can see the telltale signs of what may be coming up. Because, you know, 
this is an example. Say, for example, we're at the height of the market mm-hmm. and you've never been through a cycle before. And you, your real estate agent who's never been through these, a full cycle has taken, you've decided to hire an inexperienced realtor that doesn't understand the telltale signs of a market. Uh-oh. And they notice that there's inventory is, is, is going up. Um, foreclosures are maybe starting to happen and sales are slowing down and prices have been going up and up and up and up for the last few months. Uh oh. If you've been through the cycle and you're listening to this show, you know what's probably going to happen. It's going to slow down. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it crashed last time, but it's going to slow down. But if you hire the wrong real estate agent that doesn't understand cycles, that doesn't see this, you could be putting your house on the market, pricing it too high or doing or positioning it or promoting it the wrong way. Right. And you don't realize it until two months later. Guess what? You just missed out two months of that market, and that market was better than the next two months. You just lost money because you hired the wrong real estate agent that didn't see the telltale signs. Oh, no. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So that's, I, I think that's the important thing is just at least now we don't have crystal balls. Can't um, tell what's going to happen. I don't know. And I, I say that over and over again because I have people call me all the time. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funny things that, I mean, you've heard me say this, I don't have a magic wand. I wish I did. I, yeah. don't, I can't just, you know, make things happen. Um but I think with the experience we've had mm-hmm. and the amount of sales, I can I, I can see things much better and clearer, that's for sure, than yeah, most agents. Definitely. And time is money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people are hiring us to buy or sell real estate and give them advice. Yeah. And if you're hiring somebody that doesn't have the experience, I mean, how what kind of advice is that that they're going to be able to provide you? Daniel, you can talk. Oh, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling his fingers, telling me I have 30 no. seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not used to being mic'd up, so I forget. I know. Come I on. Can talk. All right. What do you want to say? I just, you have like, <laughs> I have five uh, seconds. You have about maybe 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to break. All right. We're going to go to break. Um, we'll be right back with the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. <laughs> He's rolling his fingers. <laughs> Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. All right. Well, we're back here with uh, Mike Bell and also uh, Daniel Estrada. That's me. Hey, Daniel. Hey. All right. Talk talk a little bit. Don't be so shy. <laughs> You're a real Daniel. estate agent. You're supposed to be talking. Hey, listen. I'm You're so talkative being, all the I'm time. Just, come on, talk. I don't talk as much as you, Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come I'm, on. I'm used to being quiet well, here in the background. Wait a minute. Uh, you don't talk as much as I do? Abby? Uh, can I plead yeah, the fifth on this one? Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's behind you. Uh, right? Uh-huh. You can, okay. can hit me from a backwards. <laughs> right, okay. hey, did we hit you that last question? You can't talk what? about your sensei that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told you part of your job is to be brutally honest with me. You're, you're uh, supposed to whip me around, make sure I do my things. Yeah. Make sure I show up. Yeah, but now you're telling me to say who talks more, you or Daniel? <laughs> That's a toss-up. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Don't unplug us, Daniel. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, did we finish the last question? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I think it's a fair question to ask your real estate agent if they've handled them. And um, it, the market's going to come back to that. It, yeah. And I don't know. 
like I said, I don't have a crystal ball. Ten years, ten months, who, who knows? But they're still part of the market, and I think with the cycle that we're in right now, we're going to continue having more. We're just going to have continue having more short sales because yeah. people are upside down. They want to be able to move, mm-hmm. and um, even though the legislation is still up in the air, here we are in early 2014. Um, it's still going to be part of the market. And the other thing is it's important, even if you are not a short sale, mm-hmm. per, if you're not in a, in a short sale situation, or, and if you're a buyer and you're not, and you're trying to buy a short sale, even if you're not trying to buy a short sale, short sales are part of the marketplace. Right. So it's important to know when you're buying or selling how many short sales are in your neighborhood in foreclosures. Okay. Because that affects, that affects the value. And sometimes it doesn't affect the value. You can have, you can have a, a street with nor, a whole bunch of normal sales, 500,000, 500,000, 500,000, mm-hmm. and then you could have a foreclosure that shows up for a 350. Wow. Well, did that 350 draw, did it drag down the values? Uh, no, I don't think so because you've got three other sales that are 500,000 that are normal sales. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why it's important to know what kind of sales they are. And people think that, you know, well, foreclosures can't hurt you, but if there's just one out of many, it doesn't really hurt you. But if your whole neighborhood is full of foreclosures, well, that's a different story. Oh, that's scary. tough. Yeah. Okay. What's our next question? All right, next one. How will you keep me informed? Okay, so I think this is a really good question to ask your real estate agent. Mm-hmm. The... Um, I did. We talked about this in the, the, one of the other shows. I wonder if you were listening. What is the number one reason why deals fall apart? The number one reason why real estate deals fall apart. The lack of communication. Yeah, you listened. Was I there? You're, Daniel, <laughs> you were there. No, it's lack of communication. Yep. And it's usually because there, there was something that, now, if it fell apart, maybe it shouldn't have been put together in the first place. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that had happens. people communicated, that would have been taken care of. Yeah. But a lot of times it's, it's communication. And communication is one of the things that we talk about a lot. It's really important that we communicate with our clients. The number one complaint, according to the National Association of Realtors, they put out a 93,000-piece questionnaire to brand-new home buyers in the United States. It's constantly the number one complaint that – uh, buyers and sellers have of their real estate agent. And the number one complaint is? Lack of communication. La- they never hear from their realtor. Yeah. So, well, you know this. Fridays are busy days. Oh, yes. That's when we try to update pretty much all of our clients what's going on. Everybody gets an email update. Yep. Even if if it's nothing. Nothing new to really say. Yeah. But but, but we don't. We don't send emails and say, no. well, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's just nothing new. We've, we've continued with the marketing. We've yeah. continued with all the different portals. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of questions we had. This is the response we're getting from realtors and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important. Uh, that's an important question to ask your real estate agent. Definitely. Because it, it, I can understand. I've been in the position where I've bought properties out of area. And when I buy properties out of area, I don't represent myself. Mm-hmm. I have the local pro represent me. Right. It drives me nuts being in the position of a of a consumer where I don't hear back from my real estate agent. Yeah, and I was like, geez, I just want to know what's going on. I mean, it's, it can't. I can. I can understand. You can't help but think that maybe something bad's going on, and they're maybe trying to fix it or 
something good's going on and they're not telling me because maybe they're lazy or they're on vacation or yeah, something. Yeah, but see, now you don't know because you haven't heard anything. So I do have, we do have clients that you've seen this in the listing contract that says that we have to, um, in writing once a week, give them an update. Yeah. And that's fine. We, yep. If it's in there, I have no problem. And it says they can fire me if I don't do it. <laughs> we haven't had to put that in the listing contract in a while, so I don't know if you've seen one. Daniel, you've been with me longer. We had a client that was adamant. They want to make. They had such a bad experience with their last real estate agent. I don't know if you remember. I think it was Bill. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Bill. Yeah, and he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what who was could that forget laugh Bill? For? You know, we don't need to say anything more about. I'm it. not going to say anything more. Love Bill, but yes. Um, <laughs> so that was. It was. It basically said, if I don't update him once a week, he can fire me. Oh, huh, that's fine. Yeah. That was, do it anyway. I'm going to yeah. update you anyway. So wow. we did that once a month. He just wanted to know what the web hits are and feedback and all that other good stuff. And yeah. you know, that's good. And we do it on Friday so that you don't have to spend the whole weekend wondering, wondering. What, what's mm-hmm. going on. So we do it on Friday. Yeah, Fridays are as a, actually a really busy day for us. So Fridays are crazy busy. Mondays yeah. are crazy too. Yeah. It seems like nobody wants to call me on Sunday and bug me on Sunday, which is I guess it's nice. That's fine. But then they all call on Friday morning before nine. I mean, Monday. I'm Monday. sorry. They, they call Monday morning. I've had too much coffee. <laughs> they call Monday morning before 9, and there's all these voicemails. And yeah, it's true. to help me with. All right. All right. Next question. Have you ever been fired? <laughs> okay, I think this is a really good question. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's a very, very fair question. Realtors get fired, unfortunately, a lot. Yeah. I, I've never been fired. I've let people out of listings if they're not happy. Yeah. Then that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this transaction we had last year. Um, Nick, remember Nick? Oh yeah, Nick. Um, I like Nick. Nick was Nick's a cool guy. Yeah, was, Nick's Nick's a good guy. He yeah. moved to Florida. and We had a duplex listing, and we listed his property, and he didn't like the offers that we were getting. He didn't like the offers. He didn't like the offers that we were getting. They're oh. all lower than he anticipated. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But they were offers that I told him we would get. And so we got it, and he was unhappy. And uh, in our city, you have to there's you have to go through what's called a code compliance inspection. Ah, uh, yes. And his his buddies told him we don't have to do it. His buddies who were not in real estate told him that I didn't know what I was doing. We have to we had to do we had to go through the inspection process. And the city of Pasadena gave him a whole bunch of violations for a bunch of illegal work he did. Oh. Uh, zoning violations, fire code violations. Uh, he replaced all the windows in his place without a permit. Oh no! So, uh, so we're having this. this is a, it was troubling because I told him what we would need to do, and he didn't believe me. And we were going through the process, and I told him if you don't, if you're not happy with my service, um, I'll let you go. I'll let yeah. you out of the transaction. And then so he called he called us over one day, and he was shaking, and he said, "Remember that time we we met, and you said you'd let me go out of mm-hmm. the transaction?" I said, "Yeah." I said, do you, want to let, do you want me to let you out? And he goes, yeah, that's okay. And I said, no problem. Give me a piece of paper. Let's find a piece of paper. And let him out. And then he interviewed a bunch of agents. And then what happened, Daniel? He called you back. He called me back. He hated the other realtors. Yeah. And he asked me back. And, but um, I told him he has, to, he has to price it within the market. It, otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. And yeah. so he gave us a... I think we're at six fifty. We dropped it down to five ninety nine, or was it seven hundred? We dropped it. To it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was up higher. Yeah, it was up higher. And then wow. what happened? We sold it. 
Yeah. He's in Florida now, retired. Exactly. Wow. So anyways, I think it's, I think it's important to ask your realtor mm-hmm. if they've been fired. Um, I think it's a fair question. Yeah. If anything, at least watch the way your real estate agent reacts to that question. <laughs> I think you would catch most other agents off guard. Have you ever been fired? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of agents that have been fired. And usually you get fired if you're just not, if you're not doing your job. Yeah. Or if you're not, um, if you're not communicating. Yeah. I was just going to say People want to just get rid of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right. All right. Let's see. Next question. Yep. Uh, What is your education background before your real estate career? And may I see your resume? I think it's a good question to ask agents. Educational background. I think it's, it's I think it's important to know what their background. If it's, I have a bachelor's in finance from Gonzaga University. Yeah, go Zags. <laughs> Is that Top kind 25. of cheese? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh no. Oh wow, you're gonna oh, you're gonna bring Gonzola. I'm sorry. You, you're gonna you're gonna bring that on my show. <laughs> my gosh. We need to edit this out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, punch him. <laughs> No, it's actually, it's a Catholic university, so God just heard what you said. <laughs> it's okay. Let's keep right. God out of Let's this we conversation. Have we have a caller. Okay. We have a caller, Olivia from Pasadena. All right, Olivia. When is she coming on? Hello, Olivia. Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi. <laughs> Hi, this is Olivia. Um, I'm actually in Pasadena, California. Oh. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Do you have a question? I love, yes, I, I love your show. I've seen your oh. website. And um, I, I have a house, that, a rental that I want to sell. And mm-hmm. I have been interviewing other agents. But okay. um, uh, I, I, I went through your website and saw the 41 questions. And I would like to interview you. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't give your phone number over the phone right now, the, the radio show, but um, can you call Can you call our office line after the show? Sure. sure. We're a live show, so we'll be off in about, I don't know, a half hour. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's a good idea to interview me. You should interview three agents. That's my best real estate advice. We're not all the same. I saw that on your website. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Olivia. I look forward to talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Hey. Wow. Awesome. That's a lead. Whoa. Wow. Did you get, did they tell you her last name? (laughs) She doesn't call. (laughs) I'll find out what it is. (laughs) Wow. That's that's awesome. Cool. So, um, so anyways, I think it's important to know if you're, I mean, there are some very, very good agents that don't that never went to college. That's fine. Yeah. Um, there's some really bad agents that have masters in business administration. Wow. And they have their name on their real estate sign that says, you know, Joe Smith, MBA. Um, we have uh, in our marketplace we have agents that have law degrees. So they'll oh, put yeah. their name, comma. We have a good friend of ours over at a competing brokerage. And he had, he's a he he just decided to get out of law. Wow! So I I think that's a it's a it's an important thing. So I've been selling for about nineteen twenty years. I have a bachelor's in finance. I like numbers. Mm-hmm. I like people. I like I like what I do. 
It's obvious. I don't like Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think he's we probably right should take there. a break. You're not supposed to say it when he's right there. <laughs> All right, we're going into a break. <laughs> We'll be right back on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back. We are uh, back from break on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. So, Mike, um, did we finish up the last question? Yeah, did you finish up your C's candies? No, not <laughs> you, quite. The marshmallow? The marshmallow. Candy I could, that you Hey, I could out? pick that out out of the whole box. Is it marshmallow and caramel? Yes, it is. You know your candies because you, I threw away the little guide and you still, we have extra candy. For I know what my candies look like. Dang. <laughs> is that just caramel? It's caramel and marshmallow yeah, coated with chocolate. It's the best stuff. one. Good stuff. Let's see. All right. So we finished up the last question, education, background. Okay. Next question. How do you market luxury properties? Well, I'd be happy to show you. You know, it depends on the kind of property you have, how to do the marketing. Mm -hmm. If you do luxury properties, and it depends on the marketplace that you're in. Mm -hmm. A luxury property could be over 500. In Pasadena, it tends to be over 2 million. It's wow. just the, the price point. That's tends to be two million. Two million dollar properties and actually Daniel, we have a listing appointment next Thursday mm-hmm. uh, for a uh, Italian Renaissance. How many square feet is that house? Uh big. <laughs> wow. Five or six thousand square feet. I can't remember, but yeah, it was I big. Th- I don't know what it's worth yet. We have to uh, we have to pull the comps and everything like that. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful home. But the marketing for that, mm-hmm. it's going to be between three and four million dollars. The marketing for that is going to be very much different oh, yes. than what if we? we're going to do a condo. Now we're going to do everything that we normally do for a condo. Yeah. But we're going to do it on steroids for the luxury <laughs> property. And and there's a few reasons why luxury properties, anything over two million dollars in Pasadena, normally it doesn't sell very very fast. Yeah. I can't even speak. True. Nah. I can't even speak the English today. Nah. It doesn't. It doesn't go that fast. So it. So you just don't know where your buyer is going to come from. To what? It's over five thousand square feet. It's over five thousand square feet. So we're going to walk through the house first next Thursday at eleven fifteen, and then we're going to meet the owners uh, at a sandwich place of all places at twelve fifteen. Subway. (laughs) One of the Porta Via. Yeah. Oh, Porta Via. I love Porta. Oh, sorry. We're not supposed to do advertising. Uh-oh. We're not advertising. Yes. But I love that joint. You just said Subway. What's, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> so, well, and, and well, for anyways, for example, for that property, we're going to run probably, we'll probably do a front page uh, ad in the LA Times. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. We're going to do, um, we're going to do more for that property. And we're also going to do, uh, we'll probably put it in some magazines. Okay. Most likely. Because the magazines have a shelf life. The magazines out here, like in Pasadena, the magazines get uh, turned over every month. Yeah. If you go to like resort communities or smaller communities, it's every quarter or maybe it's every two months. Wow. The things just really spread out. There's not enough enough listings, there's not enough business, not enough realtors, and not enough money for the magazine publisher. Maybe it's Land's End, or, or no, not Land's End, uh, Homes and Land, mm-hmm. and these other ones to mm-hmm. be able to have um, you know, a lot of you know, turnaround. Mm-hmm. So because luxury properties tend to take a little bit longer to sell because there's just a, a smaller buyer pool, 
um, your marketing and the positioning and the promotion needs to be able to be out there a little bit longer. Yeah. And so, for example, like if we were, if I was going to sell a condo in Pasadena, to put it in the magazine, it might take a few weeks for the magazine to get out there. Okay. Oh. And in the meantime, in the first two weeks, we may have it sold mm-hmm. with multiple buyers. Yeah. And so we just kind of wasted money. Yeah. In a way, we really didn't hit it. Uh, we weren't able to hit hit the target audience the right mm-hmm. way. So, in terms of uh, luxury property, we actually it's. I don't know. Uh, I've had some people, some agents think it's a waste of my money what we do, but we actually, if we have, um, let me see, last year, the smallest deal we did was probably, oh, we had that probate on Michigan that we sold for $250,000. Michigan? That was actually, it was, it was Marengo. That? Oh, that one. But we still hired a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Always. We hired a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel went over and helped us with uh, moving things around so the trash cans weren't in the picture. Yeah. A few other things, turning the lights in the back of the the house so that when you're taking pictures in the front of the house, you can see that it's lit. In the back. And it doesn't look like a you know a house of doom you know, <laughs> that you're taking a picture of. Where it's like, what's that black hole in the back of the picture? Those are all the little things. So, but we still we still spent well over a hundred dollars on a professional photo shoot, mm-hmm. and the other things that we did, all the different portals that we put it in. So I kind of overdo it, but then we also got, I think, around twenty offers on it. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, I remember that one. It was like, it was crazy with offers. It was crazy with offers. Yeah, and and it was on a huge lot. It was on a huge lot without a garage. Yeah, oh. and that place has been it had been is really worn down. It was built in 18... 1897, I think it was. 1897, yeah. Oh, one wow. Of, one of the original homes in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And, and relatively untouched. It was kind of amazing. I would say 80% of that house was untouched. Yeah, it was pretty much original. I mean, the kitchen was all... That was all messed up, but... Redone over the years. Yeah. But was everything it? else was pretty much originals? Wow. They um, even had the old ball and clawfoot tub and... Oh, my god. With the exposed plumbing. The, ex- uh, the original siding. Oh. The roof details, the every, all the details, most yeah. of the details were there. Yeah. So in terms of what do we do for marketing properties, I think your real estate agent, I, even if I think if you're going to sell your house and all your your house is maybe, maybe it's a starter home mm-hmm. or maybe it's in the mid-market, I think it's a fair question to ask your real estate agent, hey, um, what would you do for a luxury? Yeah. You'd like to know what they're spending their money on, what they're going to do. And I think an appropriate answer would be, well, whatever I do on luxury, I would still do on your house. Yeah. And you should have your real estate agent invest their time and money into professional photography and all these other things that you should be doing, layouts, um, listing it in different portals, Trulia, Zillow, all these different portals that are out there. And spend the extra money so it goes on to Realtor.com, yeah. which is the number one real estate website out there. And if, if you go to, if you go into Realtor.com, you can actually see our listings. Oh yeah. We pay a lot of money. We pay hundreds of dollars for each property to be able to put it onto Realtor.com. What's called a showcase ad. You know, I have so, to tell you something. When I was before I bought my home, um, if I saw a listing that had a floor plan, it was always really helpful for me at least because you get a, a sort of an idea of how the house flows. Mm-hmm. So that that's one important factor that you do. That 
many other people don't do. Well, we were talking about your first showing is online. Yeah. In this day and age. And you're most likely your potential buyers are going to be looking at your fa- your place at night in their pajamas at their home. And it needs to look great on the Internet. And we we can track where people are looking. And we know that they look at the – you know everybody looks at photos first, but we, they also s- stick with the layout. They yeah, like know the floor plan. The floor plan. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, why, why look at a house if it's got – well, it, in your opinion, the buyer's opinion, why look at a house if it – if it's a floor plan, it doesn't work for you. So right there, that's... Or you're going to have to guess. Yeah. So I, that, that's, you know, you save yeah. people time. Yeah, save people time. But then they're more, there's a better chance of them coming to the house yeah. and taking a look at it. And that's at the end of the day, as your real estate broker, they have to get, you know, no one's going to buy your house unless they get inside your house. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to buy your house through the internet. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're going to go, they're going to drive by it. They're going to Google it. They're going to um, Zillow it. They're going to do all these things. And then they're going to drive by it, and if they still like it, they'll call their real estate agent to meet them there usually. That's yeah. what happens. Then they go inside the house. If they still like it, then they'll write an offer. Yeah. That's just the way it works most of the time. So we got off track, but we're talking about luxury properties. Yeah, right. marketing but, I, but it's it's very, very important. Now, we talked about this before in one of the other shows. We're talking about how advertising you know, yeah. You have a, first of all, you have a ninety-three percent chance of selling your house because of something on the internet. Yep. Newspaper ads and stuff like that are about a one percent or less. Yeah. But it is different when it comes to luxury properties, and luxury properties do require some more advertising. So you should make sure your real estate agent is going to has the resources. How do you know they have the resources if they sold a lot of houses? Then they have money, right. and they have the money to go out and do. It. We're, we're running an ad. We're going to run an ad uh, in the front page of the LA Times, right? Yeah, in a couple and, weeks. In a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and we just got the pricing. Yes. And the pricing was, is that for the front page ad? Not even. Oh, oh woo, woo. <laughs> it was seven hundred twenty-eight dollars for the front page ad, plus another two fifty if we want color. color. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think the front cover is going to be? Uh, well, into thousand something front but page color. Front page, yeah. Yeah. Everybody looks at the front page. Oh yeah. It'll sit on somebody's table. The front page is is key, so mm-hmm. we'll be doing that. So, um, awesome. but in terms of luxury properties, I think it goes back to the basics. It's it needs to be. If it's never going to sell, I don't care if you're selling a piece of a house, a chair, a stick. If it's not priced right, it's just not going to sell. It's true. So it's got to be priced right for luxury properties. So your agent should understand how to do pricing. Yeah. Um, the other thing is positioning. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You you don't want to position it towards investor buyers. Yeah. Um, you don't want to pri- you, you want to position it to the buyer. You have a luxury property. Yeah. It needs to be marketed towards luxury buyers. Yep. You can't you can't have cheesy lingo. You can't have <laughs> it, it, it has to appeal to people. And so I think the even the wording has to be done. You know. I, we don't do the cheesy stuff. No. But it is, you know, it's not, um, it's it's definitely not over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't say, you know, wonderful, incredible, flowing, uh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, that's overkill. Views. It, it's like, I don't know, oh. it's not my style. No, not at all. But it is in terms of uh, the positioning, but we also talked about the, th- the, the, the three P's, price, positioning, and promotion. That the promotion, that's that's what we were talking about is the marketing. It yeah. needs to be done correctly. And we talked about this before. And you've heard me talk about this to other clients. Mm-hmm. 
your first showing is online. It's really important when you go on, when you put a property on the market, that it's done correctly the first time. Yeah. And you've heard us talk about this. We put a property on the market. If, there, if there's going to be a real estate sign out in front, the sign goes up, the website goes live, it goes on to all these portals, mm-hmm. it goes on to the multiple listing service, everything's been spell-checked, everything's been approved, it, and it's like a mad rush here in the office. Right. I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to put 123 Main Street on the, pro- on the market. And we have to have everything coordinated. Yeah, everything's ready right when we say it's going to go live, yeah. everything at once. Because how, how often has this happened? I mean, Daniel, you're, you're seeing this now. You're, you have some buyers that you're looking for real estate. And how often are you noticing on the multiple listing service when you're looking, for a, when you're looking at a brand new listing and there's no pictures? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but the pictures could come up in an hour. Yep. It, it could be never. Yep. It could be two days from now. I mean, do you right. really want to spend the time to keep checking back on it? Though? Yeah, to keep checking. Exactly, because the MLS requires you to have at least one photo within 24 hours or 48 hours. Oh, but I don't want. I don't, I don't want a new listing to pop up, and there's no picture because I, what am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Or there's no description, or there's no yeah. square footage exactly. number in there. Because if somebody's looking for a house with at least 2,000 square feet, but the agent that's listing it doesn't enter that information. It still feels incomplete then. Well, so, if you're looking for that, you're never going to see it yeah. because your the computer, the search parameters that you have set up won't even won't it won't even hit the radar. Right, and you just burden oh. time. How often? I mean, we kind of specialize in homes that don't sell the first time. Right. And Daniel, you've been with me longer. How many times have we shown the seller the listing sheet and say, you know, your other agent didn't enter? Mm. Yep. And they just look at us like, yeah. are you kidding me? Exactly. We'll, we'll be right back. We'll right. <laughs> be right back. Daniel's talking too much. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Um, we're here with Mike Bell and Daniel Estrada. How was your How was your chocolate? You finished your chocolate? <laughs> oh my goodness, it was delicious. You got caught. You just got caught. There was a delay. You huh? eating your chocolate. Oh well, it was so good. It was just so good. I couldn't resist. <laughs> so I want to wrap up the luxury properties. There's a lot of things that you should be doing. And there's a lot a variety of things that your real agent can do. They can do what's called a twilight open house. We oh, do a yeah. lot of twilight open houses here, which is the idea is that. Uh, when the neighbors are coming home mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock, they're driving in, you, we do an open house. Yeah. And we'll do it from, say, 6 to 8, and maybe we'll have wine, cheese, some food. Mm-hmm. But it gives the neighbors an opportunity to take a look at the place. Yeah. And it's, 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 it, is a, it is a regular general open house, but um, most of the time it's the neighborhood that comes. And you never know how you're going to sell real estate. You never know where your buyer is going to come from. It could be your neighbor. It could be your neighbors telling their friends about it. Yeah. You just never know. And a good real estate agent understands that. And it's a good thing for a real estate agent to do to promote themselves, too, is to do a, what's called a twilight open house. And just, like I said, you put a bunch of signs up in the, in the neighborhood. If you have a really good, aggressive real estate agent, they'll knock on doors or they'll do a mailer. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do a mailer a week ahead of time. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll drop off a mailer in everybody's house 
in maybe neighborhood. in a two two three block radius. Yeah. But that's an idea, and that's something you do for luxury properties. The other things is that you know we have broker open houses, which is called what we call caravan. It's an open oh, yes. house for agents. It's yeah. usually during the week. On luxury properties, generally you don't really want to do an open house. It's, <laughs> I mean, do you ever? I, I there's agents that do open houses on luxury homes. I, I like. I like go, you know. I like going to those houses. I walk into a two million dollar house. Hey, great! They have no idea who I am. Yeah, we've all done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other things you can do. Custom flyers. I think a, a nice custom glossy flyer is very very important. You know, email blast. Um, oh gosh, you know the Wall Street Journal. Oh yeah. About a year ago, started a new section in there called Mansion. It's just called Mansion. And it's all about mansions, high-end luxury properties. And then there's a, a, a lot of sections in there for real estate with real estate ads. And yeah. the ads are about four inches by four inches. And, uh, you know, you just never know where your buyer is going to come from. But um, that's an idea. Mm-hmm. And your agent ought to be able to if – you, if you suggest this to your real estate agent, don't suggest your real estate agent listens to the show. <laughs> and that's the idea of the show, is to be informed. Yeah. Maybe have, be a little one up on the real on your real estate agent wherever you are in the nation, but let them know. You know, you'd like to see it in the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. If you have a luxury property, you have a good agent that has the money, and it's going to help promote them. They should say yes, great idea. Yeah. Or they should Journal. really what they should say is, I was going to do that anyway. You just didn't let me get to it yeah. in my presentation. <laughs> that's the right answer. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good place to advertise. But there's also a lot of high-end publications out there that they love. These days, print, you know, new, ma- magazines love advertisers because yeah. everybody's going to the web. But it's good to have it in print advertising mm-hmm. because it has shelf life, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. So I think we run the gamut on luxury. There's always more that you can do. There's a lot of creative things you can do to market a luxury property. Agreed. So, okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. Next question. Uh, what type of support and supervision does your brokerage office provide to you? So I have an interesting – my path in real estate. I used to be a small-time real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I had a small brokerage called Bradmont Realty, and I started on my own, and I recruited a bunch of agents, and I was the youngest practicing broker in Pasadena with realtors under me. Yeah. And I was 31 years old. I'll be 44 next week. You're so old. Yeah, 44. My birthday's next week, you guys. Party. Hello. (laughs) So are you taking us? (laughs) (laughs) Downtown. (laughs) So um, I, as a small broker, I would get beat out from some of these larger brokers. And the reason why I would get beat out is that they just have, competing with a large brokerage is really hard. Mm-hmm. I have to say, because they have more resources. We have more outreach. We have more systems, uh, solutions, strategies. It's great being a, like we're in the largest real estate brokerage in Pasadena. Yeah. Keller Williams is the, has more agents. As of last year, they have we have more real estate agents than any other brokerage in the nation. We have more in, in actually in North America, including Canada. 
So we have more agents joining Keller Williams, and so we have this amazing network. And when you're when your company, I mean, it's it's everybody's worked for a company that doesn't make money, mm-hmm. and maybe you haven't worked for a company that has made a lot of money. It's a big difference. When you work for a company that's successful, that has the money, they have resources, and they they provide those to us. Yeah. There's a million different ideas they give us and strategies and solutions that they can help us with, which we can do. You know, we can we can give to our clients. Yeah. As a small broker, I couldn't do that. You know, it was it's it was tough when I had my when I had ten agents underneath me, and I would compete for a listing, and the seller would say, you know, it didn't happen very often, but the 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 fact of the matter is the the bigger bro the biggest brokerage in town, which is back then was not Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. They just had more agents and they had more um, more powerful things that they could do on the local yeah. level that I could I could ever do that I could ever do, and so that that's one of the reasons why I succumbed to the dark <laughs> side. I'm, I'm at the big road. No, I'm just not. Well, this is not they, the dark that's where side, they have the cookies. Remember what the dark side? Where and, they have the cookies? Is that where they have the cookies? Uh huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is the other thing about big brokerages. It's kind of nice. We have our own in-house attorney. Uh, we have in-house escrow, um, and our files are constantly monitored and audited. Yeah. So, and that's good. That's good because you just you need to make sure that we're all using the right updated forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting when you're a large broker. You know, you handle a lot of the paperwork. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy when we will will either represent a buyer or a seller, and then we get into escrow. And all of the disclosures that we have to do. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing: the small brokers don't know about those disclosures. What? Because every office is run a little bit differently. But when you're with a large office and you have so many agents, it's been my experience they tend to they want you to use every disclosure in the world. Well, they want we to have, make sure you do, <laughs> do we, it right. We do want to make sure we do it right. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get that with a small time broker. I don't think you can. <clears throat> I couldn't compete because. I mean, there's all these addendums and extra disclosures that our broker felt was necessary mm-hmm. and that protected our client. Yeah. And I just couldn't do that as a small-time broker. To keep up with that? No. There's no way, with, with especially with all the trading that was involved. There's no way. So, Daniel, you're doing it again. Oh. He's going like this. He's rolling his finger. <laughs> like, wrap it up. Wrap Say it up. something, can, Daniel. You can talk. Hey, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I think we probably need to start wrapping this up here. All right. So, what's happening next week? Uh, next, well, this is our third segment, so we have one more segment after this, oh, okay. don't we? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Already. Daniel's on it. Whoa. Daniel, your first time. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I keep forgetting I have a mic in front of me. Yeah. Just start talking. It's are okay. we? Uh, are we going into commercial? Actually, we're going to be going for the uh, end of the show. This is it. Oh, this is it. What? Oh, so we got to wrap this up. We're going to roll right into it. Okay, so oh. how much time do we have? Like 10 seconds. Oh. For the end of the show? Yes. Wow. So well, what's, what's happening next week? Our, we're going to have Mary Stevens Heber. She's with Clear Home Solutions. She was actually sick today. Yeah. And so oh. she had to reschedule. And uh, she's going to be talking about um, organization for your house. Cool. And we'll be talking about, uh, we have a lot of other guests coming up and legal experts, but... Well, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. All right. Yeah, we'll see you guys Thanks, next Daniel. week. Thanks, Daniel. Oh, you're welcome. See you Thanks, next week. Or- <laughs> Thanks, Mike and Daniel. All right. Bye. Call- give us a call if you <laughs> have any questions to ask me. 
The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.